0: This is Brave New World.
1: Welcome to the Brave New World podcast, where we look at what sort of world we want to live in post-pandemic, how to live and do business sustainably, and the wicked problems of climate change. How can retail survive and thrive, and what will it look like? Today's podcast is all about helping retailers to come to terms with restarting their businesses and the new reality of trading during a pandemic. When can you reopen? What do you have to do before you can reopen? What level of turnover can you expect? Will trading ever be back to pre-pandemic levels? How can I make my customers and staff feel safe? These are the questions we'll be addressing today. And today I'm joined by Joyce Rigby-Jones of Voltage, a human resources consultancy, and she'll be chatting about how you can support your employees and what you need to put in place before you can open the doors to your shop. And I'm also joined by James McGowan of Brophy Gillespie Chartered Accountants, and they work with businesses of all sizes, including startups and SMEs. We'll be discussing what you need to think about in terms of your finances and what you can plan for, for in this new normal. But first of all, I'm going to start by talking about some of the operational basics that you need to know. And I suppose the most important question is, when can you reopen your shop? The the government have produced a roadmap for reopening business and society, and this is a government timeline over five phases. According to the government roadmap, small shops could reopen in phase two, which is currently planned for Monday the 8th of June. That date will depend on progress during phase one commencing on the 18th of May. These are the first two of five phases in the government roadmap for reopening society and business. The next government announcement will be in mid May. All protocols, social distancing, and hygiene measures must be in place before you open your shop to the general public. This will protect the health and safety of yourself, your colleagues and your customers. The first phase is opening on the 18th of May, and that's when garden centers, hardware stores, and farmers markets can open. Phase two, as I've just said, is the 8th of June, when small retail outlets with small numbers of staff can open on the basis that the retailer can control the number of individuals that staff and customers interact with at any one time. And also open marts where social distancing can be maintained. The third phase is on the 29th of June, and this will be all other non-essential retail outlets, as long as they've got um, a street level entrance and exit. And then we come to stage phase four, which will be loosening restrictions on higher risk services, which will be things like hairdressers and barbers. And then lastly, phase five is gonna be on the 10th of August, which will be the opening of enclosed shopping centers where social distancing can be maintained and further loosening of restrictions on other services as well. Now, all of these dates are provisional and the government will review each each phase as it comes to an end to see whether they can actually go into the next phase. This this information is all available on gov.ie. And the document is called the Roadmap for Reopening Business and Society. There is a lot of information out there. So what do you really need to know? The main sources of information are coming from the government and from the HSE. The Department of Business have produced a return to work safely protocol. These are the steps that you must take to reduce the risk of exposure to COVID-19 in the workplace. It's an important general document for all businesses, and it shows you 10 steps that you really need to take. And I suppose I'm not gonna go through all of the 10 steps because you can read the document for yourself, but really the most important thing is number one, which is develop and/or update a COVID nineteen response plan. So for shops and retailers that have been closed during the during the pandemic so far, they've really got to develop their own response plan. Um, I suppose another really important thing is to, to is to develop, consult, and communicate with your any workplace changes or policies. And we're going to talk a little bit more about communication later on. Later on, um, there's quite a lot of information in here on hand hygiene respiratory hygiene physical physical distancing and some talk and and, and an important section in this too is on customer facing roles as i said i'm not going to go into the detail of everything because you can read about it for yourself but it's a very it's a very important document really that, that 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 everybody really needs to read before they start to um think about opening their shop again And the third document you really need to read is the National Standards Authority of Ireland, the NSAI Retail Protection and Improvement Guide. This is a really practical guide to physical distancing and hygiene measures that must be in place in your shop before you can open. And this is specifically for retailers. And there's loads of things that they cover in this. Um, But there's a lot of coverage on physical distancing both inside your shop and outside your shop. And really what you need to do and how that needs to happen. A lot of us have got a lot of experience of going to supermarkets and food shops and having to go through physical distancing ourselves. But obviously, once you're opening your own shop, you've got to do it from the from the from the retailer's perspective. This guy gives you guidelines on the implementation of queue management systems about the sort of signage you should have it have the provision of hand sanitizers at the at the entrance and about controlling the entrance and exit from your stores so there's a lot of really practical bullet point detail in here about that and then inside they talk also then talk about inside a retail premises and also about warehouses or distribution centers if you have a warehouse. So really interesting and important information there. Another thing you probably want to think about is your shop layout, um, because if you're going to have to have social distancing for your staff and for your customers within the shop you might need to think about actually changing the layout of your shop to make it easier. That might mean removing some fixtures, and it might also mean creating a one-way system through your shop, so that you've got a one-way flow through your shop. Um, you almost you also must think about the zoning, really. And zoning is a is also in this guide, and that's really about creating different zones, work zones within the shop, so that there's li- there's there's as little interaction between members of staff or the members of staff can keep themselves socially distanced whilst they're working. And again, that's in the NSOO document. If you're running a boutique or a clothes shop, you might want to think about how you're going to operate your fitting rooms as well. I know some shops are thinking of actually closing their fitting rooms because if you have a fitting room, there's obviously the likelihood of or the certainly people will be touching the hard surfaces within the fitting rooms. So that means that you'd have to have a very rigorous hygiene procedures when people have used the fitting rooms. So what some retailers are doing is actually closing their fitting rooms, but having an enhanced refund policy. But that's something you might want to think about. Um, we're going to talk a little bit further uh later on with Joyce around what you need to do with your staff, but there's certainly a huge amount of pre-planning that needs to go on before you open your shop. So that means that you've got to think about it, look at the roadmap um, from the government. You then need to decide which category your shop falls into and then allow at least a couple of weeks before that for you to be able to try to get everything ready for your shop to open. Um, And you'll need to look at that in terms of every aspect of running your shop, not just from the operational point of view, but obviously from the people management point of view and the finance too. Um, You might want to think about your trading hours. They might need to be either shortened or lengthened depending on what type of business you've got. If you're going to have a big requirement for cleaning and preparation of the shop before you can trade, then you might want to actually shorten your trading hours. If you've got the type of unit where there's a high throughput of customers, you might need to extend your trading hours because you're going to, be, you're going to have to limit the number of people that are in your shop. So you really need to think about what your trading hours are going to have to be in this new situation. And I suppose the, the, the big thing is hygiene. I mean, that's a huge aspect of all of this, both cleaning the shop and, and continually cleaning the shop as well as the personal hygiene, the hand hygiene um, that, that, needs to be, that needs to be in place um, f- for when you open again and, and on, a regular, on a regular, constant basis throughout it. So you've really got to have all of that in place um, and processes in place before you open your shop. Obviously, there are new things that you're going to have to buy for your shop as well. There's going to be supplies that you're going to need. And some of the most basic things are a perspex shield for your till point, and that's to protect your customers and your staff. You'll need hand sanitizer available at the entrance of your store. That's one of the requirements in the NSAI guide. And also, depending on what type of operation you've got, you might want to have a supply of disposable latex gloves for your staff. So that's just a really quick overview of what the operational requirements are and three really the three documents that you really need to read before you even start thinking about what you're going to do so now i'd like to um bring in a couple of other people that, that are going to talk so you don't have to listen to me all the time so because of the current situation we can't have face-to-face meetings so i wasn't able to do a live interview with joyce and james so I recorded a couple of interviews earlier on today via Zoom, so apologies if the sound quality is a bit different, but that's the reason why. And now I'm joined by Joyce Rigby-Jones, who works for Voltage, which is a human resources company. So, Joyce, maybe you'd like to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what your company does.
2: Indeed. Yes. Voltage is a human resources and management consultancy. We work mainly with small, medium-sized companies in Ireland, and we provide the expert hr advice and support to those companies so that they don't have to uh, employ an hr person and we can give them uh, excellent uh, business partner resourcing and support for anything to do with people and employees in their organizations
1: so it sounds like you've got quite a range of,
2: of different
1: types of businesses that you work with then
2: yeah we work across all sectors and um, And we have different consultants who would have different experience in different sectors as well. Very good. Sounds interesting. So
1: to the nub of what we're going to be talking about today then. So what do you think are the most important steps that people need to take now in terms of you know retailers going back to trying to reopen their stores and thinking about all the things that they have to various things that they have to do in relation to the staff that they employ what are the most important steps that they need to take in that area
2: yep i suppose the most important thing linda really is to uh, look at this as a major continuity plan and put in place a plan and a point of contact. So we're advising all our clients to appoint a COVID-19 coordinator or point of contact. That person will take on the role of making sure that the organization is in tune with what's happening and that they're following all the government and HSE advice that's coming down the line. So the coordinator is really Pushing out information to the employees, keeping them on track, being a point of contact if they have any concerns. So if an employee is worried about something, they can go directly to this person. Now, in a small retail environment, that's probably going to be the owner. Um, But in some organizations, there might be a senior person who, who will take on that role and very much drive it. Um, The really important thing is to make sure that employees know what they're doing in terms of COVID and how to deal with that in the workplace. And this coordinator will very much drive that behavior and remind them constantly of what is important in terms of the social uh, distancing, the hygiene aspects, but also how to deal with each other and customers um, as they start going back to work.
1: So before they get to that point of going back to work what are the sort of pre-steps if you like? What's the sort of preparation that an employer can do Um, and, and what sort of things do they need to be thinking about before they open the doors and before they start bringing the staff back in?
2: Yeah, the employer has a duty of care to provide a safe workplace for their employees so it's vital that they think about this. Um, they should do a risk analysis. They will be putting in all the physical um, issues and uh, actions that you've been going through with them in terms of the shields, the perspex shields, et cetera, et cetera, but really they need to look at the risk analysis of if one employee gets COVID, goodness, we hope not, but if they do, do they have backup support? Have they kept maybe a couple of employees separate so they're doing either a shift or having people coming in at different times so they're not in contact with each other? They may want to look at um, checking their employees' personal details. Do they have their emergency contact person, uh, point of contact? Have they got their correct uh, addresses and phone numbers, etc., etc.? And also they need to be looking at whether the employees have any issues with regard to coming back to work. So perhaps they, are, uh, they have a, an underlying illness themselves, or maybe they're living with someone they have concerns about. The employer needs to be empathetic about this and actually understand personal situations. So we really need to be very close to employees and understand what's going on in their personal life Um, They may be delighted to come back to work or they may be really quite scared. So the owner manager and the COVID coordinator, whether they're the same person or not, they really need to be talking to them one-to-one and finding out how they're going to come back. Do a pre-return to work questionnaire, which is a questionnaire just checking about the employee if they're ready to come back and that they haven't got any reason not to come back. And that is always important to check out as well.
1: So that's like a questionnaire you would give to your employees before they come back to make sure that they're that they that they're that they're ready and
2: happy to come back and and not suffering from any symptoms, presumably. Exactly, they're confirming that to you, and obviously on an ongoing basis, you're going to be checking this with employees anyway but it means that when they come back, you know that there's no issues and you're not going to worry about them coming back into the workplace. Yeah.
1: And what about any sort of induction training
2: that you need to give staff or anybody that's coming back to work in your organisation? Very important that you have a plan of action to ensure that you're giving them all the information they need in terms of the protocol of return to work, which the HSE and ie have given uh, considerable information on. And the NSAI also have a very detailed document which goes through this. But basically what we're trying to do is reinforce the safe hygiene elements of returning to work, but also talking to the employee about whether they need to bring their own lunch in, whether they need to... Um, look at uh, how they're gonna get to work because they potentially shouldn't be using public transport. And also things like, um, how do they deal with a customer if they're in a retail environment, perhaps that comes up too close to them? How do they actually react? What do they do about this? So it's a practical view as well of the issues that will arise in the workplace when that employee starts back again.
1: Mm. It sounds like communication is
2: going to be really, really important. Communication is key, and I think that for any um, owner-manager, they should be putting a COVID communication discussion on the agenda every single day. So reminding employees about what they need to be doing in terms of their own hygiene, and also reminding them about what to do if customers come in to say what they need to say to them and also talk to them about any risks or concerns that they may have. So it's really a daily issue. And owners shouldn't assume that employees know this and understand everything. They should assume that they need to be talking to them every single day until they're absolutely confident that this is just a natural part of our normal working life again. And I think the other issue is just being... Um, careful about how they're looking at other things like um, holidays uh, how and this has been a big issue Linda for many employers what do we do about holidays we can't go away we can't go um, um, to Spain or anywhere else so all the employees who had planned their summer holidays are going to be saying well I don't want to take them because I don't have anywhere to go. Employers need to have a plan in place that addresses this so they need to look at Potentially asking employees to take maybe a couple of days a month anyway, and also planning for at least a five-day break from work in the next few months. Because we all need a break away, even if we are going to be sitting at home, we need that break from work. So planning holidays, looking at the uh, number of holidays that all the employees have, do an assessment look at what you need to do about this and then start talking to the individuals and say, let's plan out this and say, and also tell them that you may not be able to carry over holidays to any great extent into 2021. So they need to be aware about this.
1: I think that's true. I think it's it's. Been, you know, the last few weeks have been quite intense in many ways and people who have like, just talking personally, I had two weeks planned to go away for two weeks at Easter time to see my family. And I couldn't go because I couldn't travel but they're in London and I missed and I worked through those two weeks but I really missed the break and really you know feel now that you know I haven't had a, a break since last sort of September really and yeah you, we do even though we don't even if I spend I'm going to I'm going to take a week off in in 10 days time And I'm actually going to spend it sitting in the garden reading a book, I think. (laughs) But at least it'll be a break from the day-to-day routine of of what I'm doing now. Um, And it'll be a a different way of being in the same place, I suppose. And I think it's quite important that people actually do take that time out just to to be, really. Because it, it has been a really stressful time for an awful lot of people and a very worrying time. Living with uncertainty is not easy.
2: No, I totally agree with you. And even though we sort of think, well, if I take a day off, am I just going to be sitting at home? Well, maybe that's what you need to do. You're right. Maybe you just need to relax and do something different. We'll have some of the um, shops opening up again shortly. And we need to really be supporting our local uh, retailers as well. So maybe we get out and go to the garden center and do something like that. So it is something an employer needs to plan. And they need to be talking to the individuals about this. The the other issue that we, um, Voltage was looking at when we were looking at the whole COVID-19 issue was the COVID-19 curve. And this is a curve that um, we've uh, taken from, it was originally devised for people going through a bereavement or major grief. And it was developed by um, a lady called Kubler-Ross in 1969. And it shows the way that we go through different phases when we're going through a major crisis, which we're going through now. And we start off at the shock phase, which I think we all did way back in February when we heard that this virus was coming and hitting uh, Ireland. And we then move into, most of us go immediately into a sort of denial. And we say, well, it's not going to really affect me. Let's face it, I'm going to be fine. Uh, and it won't affect me. And then we realize that it is actually affecting us all hugely. So then we end up moving into the frustration part of the curve, uh, where we are frustrated. We maybe have never worked at home before, or maybe we've been laid off from our shop, and we're having to sit at home. We don't. We're very worried, and we're really concerned about what's going to happen to our jobs. Then we often some people will de- go deep into a, a depressive and feel very low we're missing our friends and family we can't see our close family Um, and that's been extremely difficult for employees so again employers need to be thinking about this Uh, we've all been through a lot of stress we all need support this isn't a time for um, being pushy or difficult I think we all have to help each other And when we're coming out of the curve, though, we're moving into uh, experimenting and thinking about innovative ways of how we're going to live and deal with this uncertain world. And we're seeing wonderful ideas coming through in the retail and other sectors where people are thinking of ways of of making sure that we can move forward and get used to a different reality. And we will get there. We'll, We'll eventually get to a stage where this is a new normal and we will be used to it. But it's interesting. Some people will fall backwards on uh, down the curve again. They'll have a bad day and they'll feel very low. And it's up to us to understand that and bring them back up and help them move along the curve.
1: Mm, yeah, I can really identify with that. I can, think, I can certainly identify my feelings you know, along that curve too. Um, I, I think I'm on an upward bit at the moment, but who knows, I may well slide back down again. Just to get back to another more practical thing in terms of what retailers need to think about, what should they do if somebody comes into the shop one day and they say, oh, I think I'm, I think I might have some symptoms, and there might be COVID symptoms, but I'm not sure. What what should the retailer do in that situation?
2: Yeah, I think the immediate thing is to refer them to the guidelines uh, from the agency, and um, they should immediately self isolate if they think they, there are genuine risks of a covid uh, virus case um, so the 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 employer really should be saying to that individual you need to go and go home self isolate call your gp immediately and talk to them about what happens next to err on the side of caution
1: really and Yes. for them to, to leave the workplace immediately it also really highlights the need for social distancing and all the hygiene measures that are that are advised through the various protocols and how important they are and exactly. how if you follow them that they actually do work um,
2: uh,
1: and, yeah, and obviously there's, there's still a there's still a chance that even if you have all the right protocols in place within your workplace somebody that you employ could still you know, become exposed to the virus somewhere else. But if you can, if everybody did their bit in trying to keep
2: it, to keep the the protocols in place, then it would, it's certainly going to minimise the spread of the virus. Yes. And I do think that, you know, we we know that there are lots of um, uh, businesses that have continued to run the essential businesses and they've managed to control this really well. Mm. Uh, And there's no reason why even a small employer can't ensure that their workplace is very safe. Um, yeah. But it is a constant uh, reminder. It's constant communication. And if, God forbid, that you have a case that arises, uh, maybe someone has picked up the virus somewhere else, you'll have a plan and you'll have a risk analysis done so that if Joyce or Linda are going out sick, that you have replacements, you have a backup plan, and you're ready to run with it. Yeah. So it's about planning preparation and then communication
1: no i suppose really what i've been taking from your conversation is the fact that it you know communication and empathy are just really important to understand where your, your 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 co-worker employee is coming from and to really reflect back what 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 their concerns are and making sure that you address them and that you know everybody is the, the empathy is needed because everybody's in a different situation i mean some people might yes. not might be have a difficult home life or they might have vulnerable person at home. So you need, as an employer, you need to be aware of that and to respect that in a way that possibly pre-COVID we may not have done in quite the same way.
2: You're quite right. And, you know, pre-COVID we would have been saying there are GDPR issues, for example, that we shouldn't know a lot of information. We don't need to know information necessarily about our employees and their home lives and what's happening. But actually with COVID-19 upon us, um, this is a time when the employer does need to actually have enough information to ensure that they can manage the employee, support that employee. And if it means knowing a bit more about their personal lives than before, that's, that's what they need to be doing. So an employee hopefully will be very open and say, listen, I, you know, I have difficulty getting into work or I'm worried about a vulnerable uh, relative that needs to be talked through, and it needs to be looked at from a risk assessment. Um, but most employees are so looking forward to getting back to work. It's something that they're they're really happy to do, and we want to facilitate that. But we have to, as employers, ensure that we are providing that safe and healthy workplace for them to return to.
1: And also, in terms of, it's got to be uh, you know, healthy It's got to be safe and healthy for the customers too because otherwise the customers are not going to come in if they don't feel confident that that all the precautions are in place then it's going to be very difficult to to attract people to come into your store
2: um so it's it's really yeah, and I think we're seeing that already and um, I think we're seeing that some um some stores are really excellent in terms of uh the way they're managing their customers coming in and out of their stores and others aren't and I believe that Those stores that are really thinking through this and have really good planning in place, they're the ones that are going to benefit from sales because customers will come to them first. And I know myself, even going to different supermarkets, um, I would be very conscious of the ones that are good and really looking after my health and safety when I go in, as opposed to ones that maybe aren't so good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sort of bringing the whole transactional nature of retail into a very human space,
2: really. Um, yeah, um, I think so. And I it'll make us very different in the way that we um, treat employees and customers going forward. And that's actually not a bad thing. I think it's really good that we are uh, knowing that we need to be looking after each other more and be much more considerate and careful and that's a really nice thing. So there are good things that will come out of this whole crisis. Well,
1: that's a very positive note to end on. I think so. Thank you very much. I think really the main sort of themes that I've taken out of our discussion have been communication is really key, and to maintain that empathy with 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 the people that you that, that work for you and and that you work with. So thank you very much, Joyce. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Linda.
1: Okay, James. um, Great to see you again. And uh, maybe I'd just like to introduce you. You work for Brophy Gillespie, which is a chartered accountancy company. So maybe you'd like to just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what your company does. Uh, Yeah,
0: my name is James McGowan. I'm a chartered accountant. Um, I have worked with Brophy Gillespie since I got out of college, pretty much, Uh, which was back in... The year nineteen ninety nine, stroke two thousand. We don't, we don't
1: need to know that.
0: We don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> something, something like that. Anyway, um, so uh, Rophy Gillespie is a would be, I suppose, um, categorized as a, a small to medium sized practice. And um, we have two partners here, and approximately fifteen employees. Um, so we would deal with small businesses up to you Know medium large businesses, uh, we do a lot of film and TV work, um, and we do a lot of regulated clients that would you know deal with um, financial advisory and essentially hedge fund management and um, that type of work. Um, and then we obviously do the your regular uh, tradesmen up to shop owners and, and so on. So it's a it there's a Broad spectrum of clients that we would have.
1: That sounds sounds interesting. Sounds like you get a good variety of of, of clients to have to work with. Then, which must make life interesting. So that certainly does. So, where in the current climate, as they say, with COVID nineteen and the relaxation of restrictions now, where should retailers start looking at their finances when they're thinking about reopening their
2: shops?
0: Well, I suppose. The first thing that they really need to do is, is be completely honest with themselves, um, and the only way really to do that is to is to look at the the future of the business itself. And from an accounting point of view, we would normally um, set out uh, on preparing you know projections, forecasts, um, and you know there's a there's a couple of different aspects to that um so you know i, I would suggest that that retailer sit down uh and, and set out perhaps a 24 month forecast of their business um
1: and how would, how would they go about doing that because they're stuck with stock which is probably about three months old now and they really are going to have to look at social distancing measures in their shop so you know well, what? What? Where would be the starting point of looking at those figures? Would it be looking at what they've done historically and then trying to project that, or should they start again? Or you know, it, I just it, I just think it's a very confusing time for retailers. So just to know where they'd actually, you know, what would be the starting point for them, really?
0: Yeah. Well, well, obviously, the, the world has completely changed in the last couple of months. So, historical information may be actually invalid at this point. But obviously you have to reject from somewhere. So um, what I would suggest is you you sit aside or sit alongside with another accountant, you know, such as ourselves. <laughs> um, because I mean that's obviously what we're trying to do. So we we can we can pinpoint issues that, that, that may come up the line. Um, you know, obviously the business owner knows their business inside out as well. So um, so what what I would suggest the starting point is looking at your profit and loss account to begin with um, now I suppose probably the most important factor um, that business owners would need to consider is cash flow management now profit and loss doesn't always translate into, into cash and we will explain that in a little bit um, but certainly start out with looking at your PL, and uh, what your turnover levels are gonna be, and essentially what your margins are going to look like. So what your margin does, it's an indication of, of how efficiently you're running your business, and it's also an indication of what you're contributing towards your, your overhead cost, if you like, which then translates into, into profit. So manage the margins, as they say.
1: Um, I, I what's be- more what's more important on opening though? Is it more important to start getting cash into the business or is it more important to do that profitably? Because you know, at the moment there's there's they're cash starved because they haven't been open. So they've mm. got all their fixed costs which have been still come still there, even if there's been sort of rent holidays and all that sort of thing. So the fixed costs are still there yeah we so need to generate cash in the business to try and start paying some of those fixed costs
0: yeah no that's that that's that is the cash flow management uh, section of your of your projection so the p and l will feed that your so your p l feeds your balance sheet which which feeds your 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 cash flow so ultimately if you are making a profit that will translate into additional cash so at the moment, people, like you say, are they to starve the cash and so on. So how do they break that cycle, if you like? Well, you need to understand whether or not, um, um, but if the company isn't profitable, it's going to reduce the amount of cash in, in the business. So is there enough money there to weather the storm? Um, so if you are happy to trade at a loss for the next six months or 12 months even um, because we just don't know how long this uh, the, the virus is is going to be here so um, is there enough cash within the business to sustain that loss for the next 3, 6, 12 months um, and if not then you need to put in a plan a plan in place um, to make sure that the cash does not dry up so there's a a number of things you can look at, and it, it essentially comes down to uh, working capital management, which is your your creditors, your stock, your debtors, and your cash, um, and uh, other sources of finance. So, profitable businesses will be self-financing. because money; they're making a profit. Money comes in; it increases the cash reserves, and so on. Um, so. If you are running at a loss, how do you translate that into a, either a cash uh, break-even sort of situation, or um, you know, how do you minimise the, the decline in your in your cash reserves? So, cash flow management. Um, do you have an overdraft that could facilitate uh, you know turn, trade at a loss? Um, can you? Speak with your creditors yeah perhaps they they could push out the credit terms uh, to an additional 30 days which which buys you 30 days extra cash are you carrying too much stock um are you buying in too much stock so stock optimization if you're if you're carrying too much slow moving stock it's going to cost you money um
1: so when you've got that situation where you've got And obviously, a lot of retailers are going to be stuck with stock at the moment. So, is it better to sell that off and generate some cash into the business as long as you're not selling it below cost? So, you're actually making some profit on it. Is it better to do that than to try and keep that stock and hope to sell it at a higher margin to try and generate the cash in the business?
0: Well, if it is slow moving stock, you're best just to, well, if you can afford to warehouse that stock that's absolutely fine. But if you need to get cash in, you may need to sell that off, mm. even at break-even uh, in, you know, in yeah. the current market. So,
1: and um, from what you were saying just now, though, it sounds like your relationship with your bank is going to be very important um, because that may be your source of trying to get some sort of easing around the cash flow situation.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, anybody that we have spoken to over the last two three months and um, they have spoken to their banks um, and you know the banks are amenable to, 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 to doing uh, you know maybe rescheduling uh, existing loans and so on um, or moratoriums on, on in, in some cases so you know speak to your banks you know the revenue commissioners um, I don't know if you've seen it uh, recently, that they've announced uh, warehousing of, of revenue debt. Um,
1: what does that that mean? A, Can you just explain what warehousing of revenue debt means?
0: So basically any sort of tax liability that would have arisen during the crisis is going to be parked and ring-fenced for 12 months, interest-free, um, and when your business is back up and running and you can afford to pay it back, they'll come looking for that money but it's for essentially giving you a loan of, mm-hmm. of funds so you can use that as financing you know try to res- reschedule some of your loans um, you need to be in a cash pos- positive situation and the only way to do that is by projecting forward mm-hmm. and trying to pinpoint where the problems are given the level of trading you uh, you predict for the next 6, 12, 24 months
1: Okay that sounds like good advice it's interesting how the the discussion we just had with Joyce around the whole people piece is was was that the main thing that came out of that was communication and it seems to me that actually the same thing is coming out of this is don't bury your head in the sand but actually face up to where you are communicate to all the people that you're doing business with whether that's your landlord, whether that's the bank, whether that's your creditors, whether that's your debtor you know, the people that owe that yeah. you money, then, you know, you, you need to really face up to all of that and look at a realistic position as to where your business actually is. Absolutely. And then try and use that to predict what might happen in the future. And that's going to be difficult because if you can't use... A, traditionally, retailers would have used historical data, but that's going to be very difficult to do Yeah. And less. You can make a good guess, I suppose. And,
0: yeah, the, the, the worst thing you could do is, is stick your head in the sand. And, and I, I suppose I started uh, the conversation with saying that you need to be painfully honest. You know, uh, some businesses just may not be able to recover. And if that's the case, that's fine. You know, you're not, you're not the only one in that position, but you need to be responsible. Um, you need to be honest with yourself and you need to cut your losses if that is the case. The only way of figuring that out is by, you know, setting out your projections, and if there, if it is unworkable that you just cannot retrieve the situation, you need to, you need to stop trading, you know, and that is that can be extremely difficult for some people to, to take on board. But that's the reality of it. I mean, you know, if you continue trading at a loss, you are going to dig a, a bigger hole for yourself, and, and I've seen. I've seen people try to do that and all it does is create anxiety uh, and stress and it it just it's a problem that that will follow you everywhere.
1: And I suppose on a positive note you know the other way of looking at that is that if you can reimagine your business or reinvent your business so that maybe what you've done before you can't do now, but maybe there's something else you can do. I mean, it's hard to be specific without looking at a specific type of type of type of business, but yeah. you know, it may be that there's new, there's new, there's new avenues of, of revenue that are, that may open up now with COVID-19. You know, there might be new things that you can sell that you didn't sell before that all of a sudden people want, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the marketplace has changed. I mean, it's, it's certainly transitioning to, uh, an online, uh, Marketplace more so now, and um, I mean, there there are initiatives out there. If you know, if you look at any of the LEO or Enterprise Ireland websites, there's business continuity vouchers, um, uh, designed to 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 get well first to see if if they can continue in business, um, and there's also the financial planning um vouchers that are available as well. So there's about there's about €5,000 available to people in grant form um, to look at these areas and, in particular, whether they can set up some sort of online platform. Um, yeah, there's
1: an online trading voucher, I think, both from the Leos and from Enterprise Ireland, depending on the size of your business. So you can, yeah. if you're not online at the moment or you haven't got an e-commerce site, there, yeah. are, there are grants available to be able to do that, yeah yeah and I suppose in a way it really what what, what what retailers are going to have to look at is having a more omni-channel view of their business, whereas they might have previously just had the bricks and mortar and that has been successful, that you know maybe in the future that's not going to be enough and, and therefore to look at other channels of actually selling their product or service is going to be really important.
0: Yeah and, and, and look, some businesses just it's impossible for them to tra- translate online. You know, and it's it's you know it's back to my point again. You, you know, you, you need to have a good honest look at, at at your business, and you know it's not all about turnover. You know, as they say, turnovers for vanity, profits for sanity. Um, it's it's about profitability and whether you can maintain profitability and sustain uh, a, a good level of cash flow. I mean, that's. You know, cash is the, the lifeblood of, of any business. And if you don't have cash, it means that you robbed Peter to pay Paul. And at some point, Peter's going to come to kick your door in looking for his money. So, you know, do not do not find yourself in a situation where you are, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul because you're mm-hmm. just digging digging a bigger hole. And invariably, it ends up owing revenue money. Uh, and i've seen this hundreds of times before and it's you know life is too short to be dealing with this type of stuff mm-hmm. you need to be really honest with yourself
1: that's great advice james thank you very much indeed so in conclusion then i suppose really what we're saying is that communication is key don't stick your head in the stand have a really good look at your business and mm-hmm. that cash is king really is what you're basically that's, yeah they're, they're,
0: they're the uh, the four pillars of good business at the moment
1: Very good. Okay, brilliant. Okay, well, thanks for sharing your insights, James. No problem. um, Great, gladly. Talk to you soon. Take Um, care. Bye-bye. Many thanks to James and Joyce for contributing to this podcast. I hope you found some of the information useful and have a better idea about where to start in reopening your shop. You can find out more about Joyce and her company on voltage.ie and you can find James on brophygillespie.ie. If you need any help with the operation of your shop, in these new and strange times please get in touch you can find me on my website which is retailrenewal.ie you can follow me on social media as linda ward or retail renewal and listen out for the next exciting podcast thanks again and i'll chat to you next time
0: this is brave new world